listening and watching on Sportsnet 590, Sportsnet 360, and Sportsnet Plus from 4 to 6 p.m. The Real Kipper and Bourne Show on this Monday. Yeah. December. I don't know what it is. It's the 11th of December. Is it the 11th already? I know. Isn't that wild? Time flies. Yes. We're glad you're on board wherever you download our podcast. You want to send us a text? Send your condolences. Uh. Oh, did something happen? Friday, (laughs) we went from the Otani watch when they announced on Saturday a $700 million deal to L.A. We went to a Sammy McKee watch. Yeah. Uh, JB, call him, see, is he okay? Is everything, check in. Check in. It's like when someone gets concussion, just make sure they haven't (laughs) hurt themselves. Wake Sammy up every three hours, (laughs) okay? (laughs) That's, that Uh, was our Sammy, Sammy. Yeah. Go ahead, I, I say, if you can delete any episodes of our show off the internet, it would be the first week followed oh, yeah. by last show. Yeah. Anyway. So, are you okay? That's all our, listen. No, Tony. All our viewers, all our watchers just want to, they're saying, is, is Sammy okay? I got a lot of messages on after it happened asking if I was okay. Yes. I really did. Like, people were checking in on yeah, me. Yeah, my mom wrote, was like, is Sam okay? <laughs> I had to admit, boys, I don't really get like this often. We talk a lot on this show. We say a lot of dumb things about the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I really never regret it. Yeah. Like, I just, you know, I I live with it. It's what it is. It's the job. But I have woken up in a cold sweat (laughs) multiple times over the past weekend. Lost sleep over this, over our show on Friday. Why? It's the saddest time capsule of all time. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It was an hour. What? It was an hour where three men sitting in this room truly believed that Shohei Otani was going to be a blue Time out, time out, time. Two. Oh, come on. No way. And and I would like to say, I think there was enough breadcrumbs. For sure. To, Listen, I, I no was, one celebrated the completion, but there was enough bread to I, go, I'm, oh, my God. I'm defending myself a little bit. I was leaning towards it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But on Friday. It was me. I told you, I'm worried if it doesn't happen for Sammy. Did I not say that well, on Friday? Well, but also, Kip, you also said that you feel like a lot of it could be for uh, leverage, if you will. That was my... First gut instinct. Yeah. The very first time we the talked about it. The very first time we even went down that path, I said that, yeah. and I'm mad at myself. You may be oh, in a puddle, sense but tingles. I'm mad at myself because I didn't, I didn't stick, stick with guns? my first gut instinct. Because you would have looked like the smartest guy ever. If you had been like the whole time, it's leverage, it's leverage. So I just, it was a, as big a gut punch as I can remember getting. That, you know, I still believe. I woke up the next day and I still, I had to regroup. Yeah. I, I was extremely sad Friday after. Because we go out of here, I'm up in the newsroom, I'm waiting around. I'm like, <laughs> the this, Nightingale tweet was I'm like, devastating. I'm like, this might happen. This yeah. might happen. Like, I'm waiting around. I'm like, I want to be here when this happens. And they, then, they were right there. They were right I there. I know. I know they were right there. And that's the part that's the hardest to swallow, fellas, is that they were right in this to the end. They had to be right in this to the end. I'm not faulting the front office for one second. This is a different type of free agent. You have to be all in no matter what. Yeah. And they were right there, and it just didn't come through. So now I, I don't know. I said to Sammy, I did Leafs talk on Saturday, and I said to him, it's one thing for the pretty girl in school to not want to date you. 
it's another thing to have publicly told the high school that you love her and want her to date you and then have her say no. It hurts a little bit more. So from that aspect, I can feel the burn a little bit here, but like there's just there's no way it gets to seven hundred million without the Jays. Yeah, yeah, for Jays sure. did they they put some money in his and, pocketbook. And I will so the next part of this that kind of ties into what we do here about the Leafs and about Toronto is I'm seeing a lot of the people south of the border writing about, tweeting about, talking about how ah, this is good for baseball that he ended up there. It's good for baseball and like talking about Toronto like it's, you know, it's Siberia. Yeah. And, you know, I can't, I shouldn't let this stuff get to me because it's definitely like an inferiority complex, but it pisses me off yeah. to no end. But you said something to me in the newsroom today yeah. where I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I forget who the tweet was from, but it was like, for all you people in Toronto, you know, feeling like the small market here to the Dodgers, this is how the Winnipeg Jets fans feel all the time. And I was like, oh, God, yeah, are we're we the doing Dodgers. that? We are oh, L.A. So this is an apology to, you know. I just hate and- that. It's like, oh, Toronto, it's good for me. How many people watch a Dodgers regional game Versus a Blue Jays game on a Tuesday night. The Jays, a million people watch a Tuesday night against the Royals. How many people are watching in? Yeah. The, it's like that part I of it the, is the so The per-game viewership is yes. actually higher in Toronto than anywhere else in baseball. That part of it is so tone deaf for me. Oh, it's so good for baseball. Give me a break. Give me a break. Well, I know you, you said off air that you kind of were embarrassed about Friday. I, I, oh, and I'll say it right now. I am still embarrassed yeah, about Friday. Yeah, but you shouldn't be. I know. Kenny. You shouldn't be because... This is what we love about you, Sammy. You represent <laughs> the guy, the gal at the, home. The idiot. Who, I represent the idiot. Yes, in many ways you do. But they're people too, Sammy. I know, man. I know. And I know. you, that's what uh, makes you great on our show okay, is that you, you bring that passion and emotion. And I don't want you to change for one second. So uh, keep feeling like an idiot. Well, thank but, you. But also, <laughs> thank you. when you're on the other side of it, it feels that much better, too, when you're that paw committed, right? And That's I mean, right. So now when the Jays pick up uh, Bellinger and re-sign Chapman and, mm. uh, you know, do all this stuff and get competitive. By the way, the one, the best thing that can happen now is to not root for Otani to, you know, for injuries or whatever, but just for root for him to, you know, kind of go like and, Batista, like 32, start hitting about 250, 20-some homers. And that'd l- be nice. Listen, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff floating around on the internet, conspiracy theory-wise, that I will neither confirm nor deny I'm believing. We don't need to get into the details <laughs> of it. But if any of what is being reported is true, you know how I was telling you on Friday how much I would hate Shohei Otani? Yeah. If he'd, it is times 10. He is my least favorite athlete of all time. Easily. Like Daniel <laughs> Alverson. Okay. I would wear a Daniel Alverson oh, jersey on. to he my hates Otani. Hold on. I'd wear a Daniel Alverson jersey to my wedding over, okay. over. Uh, hey, we, we promise everybody we're gonna get to the Leafs on this edition of Real Kipper and Born Show. We can't just move on from this like last week didn't happen. Just for a split no, second. Can't stand him. What is it about him that you can't stand more today than like a week ago? What? Well, that he didn't sign here. He used us. He used the Toronto Blue Jays. That's the part. I think maybe some people around him maybe He didn't say, don't do that. He didn't say, He said, drum it up, baby. Hey, "Hey, don't don't do that. (laughs) I love the people of Toronto, and I want to go play for them. (laughs) He didn't do that. He said, in fact, I'm going to to, to, The number one ticket next year is the first Dodgers game when they play here. 
and I'm going to go there like he's prime Vince Carter. So I'm going to say this went down and can't buy your pride, this, buddy. This went down as one of the, the best and biggest negotiation play in the history of sport. No question. Complete silence. Nothing leaked. And you hate him that much more because of it. Because oh, yeah. they kept everybody on the outside. Yeah. I just, I, listen, Kipper. That, 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 that reason sucks on yeah, your no, part. Hey, guess what? They, they just, strung us that's, along, no, that's, They strung us along. That's I don't have to. Sour grapes. Absolutely. It's sour. Okay, that's why we <laughs> love you. crazy? <laughs> I hold grudges for way less than this. Okay, once this again. logical. I'll, I'll, no. I'll say it. Just, yes, Sammy. Thank you. Just Thank don't you. change. Hey, I'm don't here. change. Be I'm Be shallow. For, I'm here for my Jays fans, and I'm telling you, I'm, if you're listening and you care about what I say, you better be buying tickets to that t- that game, and you better be booing alongside me. That's all I know. Okay, love it. Love it. Okay. So the good news is, yes, boy, the, I need the Leafs, the, the Leafs saved all Blue Jay fans over the weekend, <laughs> yeah, with their most complete effort of the season, four nothing win over Nashville. Yeah, no, that was a, a really refreshing game. I don't know if you guys saw Sheldon Keefe talk to the team post game. They had one of those little blueprint clips where he was just like, "Which I hate, by the way, because they're always just a little kind of full of themselves." Oh, it's, it's full of themselves. It's well, when, you know, when you know it's, it's on camera, yeah. when you know it's going out there, it's not real, real. It's just real for the fans but do, too. Do, 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 do you think that okay. guy, the social team, is probably there every every game? Yeah. For sure. Probably like in every game thing. But these guys have are on camera all the time. They're not even thinking about when there's a camera and there's not a camera. You know what I heard no, today? No, they do. You think? Yeah, oh, yeah without a doubt. A hundred percent. You don't get to say exactly how you feel knowing that something's going to be recorded. I also heard that the, you know, it's a dad trip, a dad's trip right now, that the dads are in like the pregame meetings and stuff with the players having a listen. And I couldn't really? imagine being the coach and going through that. And I got to like, I don't know, got all the dads there. What is this, camp? Now, That's if it was real, it'd be like, can you get your kid yeah. to put one on the tape for once yeah. on a breakout? Did you never wrestle with your son? Why is he so soft? <laughs> 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 you know, like it's, it's just a weird setup. But anyway, in that clip, he talks about how that was what they needed. It was a tidy game. They took care of business, you know, and it was all those things. Samsonov gets a shutout, but he only had to make 18 saves. Nashville looked overmatched in a lot of areas. So nice to come in here and say the better team won. It was the Leafs. No butts attached. All right, let's go to Sheldon Key for our first Kippers Clipper of the Week on his overview of what he saw. But I just thought we had it all game. I thought we had a real patient approach. In the second period especially, we started to really, our game started to really come, and I thought we really took care of the puck and just made sure we were just going to wear them down and not really let their game get started offensively. Um, and then I thought through that, that we, over time you could break them down and the guys stayed patient until that happened. And then, you know, they got their chances in the, in the second period where we got behind them and made good on them, which, you know, we had some chances in the first period as well that we didn't uh, make good on and that allowed the game to stay at zeros. But uh, I just loved our second period and that set us up for the third, which the guys took care of well. Yeah, I saw that. I saw better line changes. I saw Austin Matthews coming off the ice on uh, a play going up the ice, which was a nice change. Mm-hmm. 
So it, it was a lot tidier. They weren't chasing the puck as much. Yeah. They had it. They didn't take unnecessary, unnecessary, uh, unnecessary gambles. Yeah. So it was, it, it was uh, what Sheldon just said. Question for you. What did you think of Nashville starting Lankanen? They had a back-to-back, yeah. and they wanted Soros to go the next night against Montreal. And in their defense, they did get the win in Montreal with yeah. Soros in net. But, but, but no offense like Toronto's. Right. So your point is, why didn't you play your better goalie sure, against yeah. the, Are you the trying tougher to win opponent? Both, exactly. Are you trying to win both games? Or is Nashville kind of coming in here like, we probably won't win? Yeah. Which is, to me, sends a pretty negative message to your guys at the gate. Yeah, it's a different mindset. It's the opposite of the, the Babs mindset of starting your guy in the first game. I think it's just that they thought, you know, if we win it with him, good. That's but if we don't, it. like, It's such yeah. a, like a quitter attitude yeah, to it, me going into the game. One. But, uh, yeah. I, I mean, goaltending wasn't their issue. I thought he was pretty good for the I first period. I thought he was pretty good, too. Yeah. I loved this, uh, the Matthews five-hole shot. Like, mm. as he's coming across laterally. Like, not many people choose five holes. The goalie's diving across. I thought that was really clever. So, yeah, I'm not going to fault Lincoln. In I that. think uh, Samsonov started the game. I didn't. My only reason why I thought Jones should have started on the weekend was not knowing exactly where Samsonov was coming off a, a week of illness. But, Sammy, you said get him in there right away, and they did. It wasn't overly taxed. Again, what do they average? Six shots a period? Yeah, there was 18 total. It's not bad. Yeah. Pretty, like, if you had to pick a perfect game to him, for him to come back, yeah. it would have been Saturday. Nashville's top line is sneaky um, dominant this season with Ryan O'Reilly and Forsberg. Like, if you yeah. look at their, they control, like, 60-some percent of expected goals. They weren't great against Matthew's line head-to-head. Matthew's line carried the, the shots 8-3, uh, to three, I think, in that head-to-head matchup. So, if you neutralize their top line, there's not a whole lot left that can burn you. Okay, let's go to Sheldon Keefe on what his thoughts were on Samsonov. Now, if you could draw it up as a perfect game for him, that would probably be it. You know, doesn't let anything in. The guys play well in front of him. Uh, for a guy that hasn't played in a while and is coming off an illness, he said, you know, he had three, three, uh, three, three good skates this week. You know, practice days. That's why we were, we were comfortable playing him tonight. Um, but hasn't played obviously, and and uh, with with Wall's injury and such, just, you know, there's a little bit of a pressure and attention on that position right now. And and uh, for Sammy to come in and have a night like that. Uh, is is great for him and and uh, something for him to build on for sure. I think there was a, a a poster too where he couldn't find the puck, but outside of that, there was no real danger. I would say there was. I think they hit three. Mm-hmm. I think they hit three posts pretty hard. But you know, one thing we talk with Samsonov is about when he gets busy, and I thought he was pretty quiet. Yeah, you know, he wasn't flying around out there and diving out of the net. Um, my son played goaltender for the first time in his life on oh, the weekend. Yeah, what and just full Peter Morazic, like post to post, he's in the corner. <laughs> slight, you know, it was chaos. And yeah, I was, hopefully he hated it. And I did. He did. Good. So so is, is that one of those situations where every kid's got to play in that? Yeah, once? ever gets a crack at it. Yeah, I, I did. Nightmare. I did it a bunch. Yeah, that's a, a parent nightmare. Yeah, he made a few stops, but not enough to have fun. It was great. Good. Yeah. yeah good. <laughs> either way, really I was like, this good. looks, you know, like yeah. Samsonov when he's off, and Sammy didn't look yeah, like that's my where you just so. pull him off the ice, and it's like, God, that didn't look like fun at all, oh, right? It was, it was horrible, yeah. right? Yeah, you don't want to ever do that again. <laughs> he just again. left a pebble in his skate. I don't know. Did that hurt today? <laughs> See the bad. left side of the ice there? It's like the wing? That's way more fun. Oh, look how fast he's going up and down there. Yeah, exactly. Now... Did we see a different camp than we saw probably in the first well, 
five or six weeks of the season because that looked like a completely different player to me. Yeah. I Moving. mean, the point I made on Leafs Talk after with Borny, and I'll make it here too, is that when you're playing a team that pretty clearly didn't have it, to me, in the, in the Nashville Predators, I don't think they're terrible, but they played terribly. They weren't very good. No. Your lesser guys sort of start to Look elevate a little bit. Like, for example, Benoit, he stepped up on McDonough there and hammered him, and he hadn't done that all year. Yeah. Like, uh, Camp had the beautiful goal. It's like preseason when Connor yeah. Timmons is yes. like electric or, yeah. you know, Nick Ritchie exactly. or whoever it was here lights it up. And Camp, he scored that beautiful goal, but he also had like three or four other times where he yeah. looked like he was buzzing. He had the puck in his stick. So I think your lesser players look really good on a night like that, but I thought he did look better, and they need him to be better, so it was good. I think he finished with like almost 16 minutes of ice Lying. time. Like Lying out That's there. not... That's not fourth-line minutes. No, and let me just say that's damning for the Western Conference, that Nashville's a playoff team. Yeah. Like, that's a – I think that's a bad team. I actually think that's one of the worst teams we've seen play this year. Yeah, there was – Maybe there because was, the Leafs played listen, well. If, if, Forsberg, I'm so biased, if but... Forsberg is not carrying them, and I think he came in rather hot, 13 goals in 16 games. Yeah. Like, if he is not on completely his A game – I don't know where else you go. And Brian O'Reilly, we all love, but he is not, uh, he doesn't carry a team. I mean, they, I, there's, I'm just looking at their lineup. Like, I know we watched that game, but like, I don't know where it's supposed to come from. Parson and Trennan, Sherwood, Tomasino, Evangelista. There's nothing there. So, okay. Let's not go, a Nashville fan. Let's go to Keith. Let's go to Keith talking about his fourth line. Okay. Offensively and, and, uh, you know, I, I think he's just getting better and better. I thought I thought his line was excellent tonight. Um, Gregor was excellent tonight. I thought Revo fit really well in the line. Made me comfortable playing them here tonight. Um, but, uh, yeah, that goal obviously is a, is a huge one for us because you're just waiting to kind of – you're waiting for that moment. You're being patient. You keep working, but you, you need to get rewarded, you know. Um, and uh, for Camper to come through like that, that was big. Yeah, I don't know if- <laughs> Do the guys need to be rewarded to know if they're contributing well on a fourth line? I, I mean, I, listen, I played the role. I lived mm-hmm. it, and it's nice to score for sure, but I don't know. I it's mean, not even what you're supposed to be doing, if, right? If, yeah. I'm, if I'm out there causing havoc and, like... Uh, yeah, it's different with it's camp, when you get though, because he doesn't cause havoc, right? Like he They're doesn't, not havoc guys. No, not necessarily. Although Gregor... Gregor Gregor would piss bit. me off. Yeah. It, and like, I say you, that in a good way. It's like, can you stop skating a thousand miles an hour and running yeah. into our guys? Like, yeah. Someone will help try to fight you at some point if you do that long enough, and that's good. Yeah. That's what we like. And if Reeves can find a way to keep up and not put himself in a vulnerable situation defensively, he can find his spots where he can... Look like he's earning his money. Yeah, Sheldon actually talked about Reeves a little bit today. It's a clip seven. Why don't we have that on Reeves? I think it's really coming. I thought his game the other night uh, for our whole team was probably our best game, but for him and that line, uh, in terms of the, how the three of them were working off of each other and, and how connected they were and the pace and physicality and pressure they had on the puck, uh, it was really tremendous. And that's really what we've been looking for for our entire team. But uh, Revo was right right there in the thick of it, and uh, it was really good to see. See, I like where he is right now, too, because you come in – 
you've been told the room's too quiet, so you come in, you want to make some noise, and you suck a lot of oxygen out of the room with the media, and you go to Instagram, and you put on your Halloween mask, and you send those clips out. He's and, flexing when he walks you know, out for his and introductions. It's all like it doesn't really mean anything unless... You know, you get the job done on the ice, and he was not able to get the job done. I like I like the quiet Reeves right now. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Just go out there and hit, finish your checks when you can, and that that's that's what has to come first. Yeah. And then the rest of it can follow. You're right. If you can't consistently contribute enough that they want you in the lineup, then, you know, all that sort of flexing and stuff is... Yes, exactly. Yeah, it, no feel, it feels like the, sto- his, the storm... The Reeve storm has kind of passed here a little bit where we were coming in here after every game when he was just... They can't use him. He was like, he's unplayable. You can't have him on the ice. Like, he's not a player. Yeah. And then he gets sat, and it's that weird schedule in Sweden, and he's rested for however long. And then he comes back, and he's just been capable? Yeah. He's been fine. Is that that a good way to put it? If if he's that, with the ability to go nuclear if they need him to, that's what he's here for. I, I would like to see... A nuclear shift or two at some point. Like I would like to see everybody's gloves come off and have a crazy shift we'll, once we'll, or twice. We'll get to we'll get into more specifics in our national hour uh, at the top of the clock. But like, take a look around the league. It always gets a little hairy this time of year yeah. in December. Like people let their it, guard it's, up and it's gone a little nuclear. And, yeah. Yeah. Branson went nuclear. Yeah. Yeah. Did he ever? Right. As he should have, in my opinion. Yeah. And we'll get into that in our next hour, but that's what you're talking about, yeah. aren't you? Like, I'm talking about a shift where it's <laughs> banana sandwich. Like, yeah. people are flying around, gloves. There's yeah. a yard sale. It looks like a 1996 junior hockey game out yeah. there. Like, I'm waiting like, for one of those. They we're talking major snot. Yes. <laughs> and it, you would have thought that sitting here on December 11th, we would have seen more than two Ryan Reeves fights to this point. We got fair, uh, fair. Thomas Hickey. We're going to take a break in a few minutes. We're going to get Thomas Hickey, former NHL defenseman, former teammate of John Tavares. John Tavares is now sitting, what, three points shy, Sammy? Am I right? Two. Two points he put, shy. He picked, up that he picked one up Saturday night. So he's two points night. shy of 1,000 yeah. in his NHL career, which would add to the storyline of John Tavares going back to the island. But... It's been five years now, mm-hmm. and yet this is an intriguing storyline tonight. Is John going back to the island, yeah. and it's not? It's far from over. It is. We actually have a really great clip on this uh, on Tavares. We're going to throw it out to Tavares talking about uh, going back to Long Island. John? Um, yeah. It's... Is, oh. <laughs> oh, Hold it's... on. This is not a real clip. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have real clips. I, don't, I, 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 I want to hear John. This is John uh, himself. Obviously, it's a tremendous honor to go back to somewhere where I always love playing, storied franchise, where I grew up as a hockey player, and it's a really tremendous honor for me. I can't wait to play tonight, and a 1,000 points is a real honor. Not sure I'll get there tonight. We'll see what happens, but really excited to play. Thanks, John. No problem. Thanks. We appreciate that. And that's uh, been John Tavares. This is why you should not throw clips. (laughs) That's why I'm in charge here. We we legitimately were going to clip a Tavares thing today, and it's like there's no okay, point. Let's see. He let's just get, says the right let's things. Get the real John Tavares clip. Yes. Well, we have okay. Keith we have talking, Keith about, talking him. about him. Yeah, we don't actually oh, have. Oh, I thought we did no, have. We don't even have John. We just wanted Kipper, fake John. Kipper, I started listening to, and my eyes crossed. I can't, I can't, I can't get through. I can't get through it. Okay, we'll go to Sheldon Keith on his captain.
Yeah, it's it's uh, quite an accomplishment. I mean, it, it's you know, a thousand games is impressive, of course, in and of itself. But a thousand points is it just speaks to consistency. I mean, John's got a lot of game left yeah, in him here, so it just speaks to how consistent he's been throughout his career. Uh, yeah, so it's it's uh, tremendous. So you know, he's uh, on the cusp of that. So JB, I'll start with you. Yeah. Five years later. Yeah. It is is the the passion to hate John in the island as strong as Sammy's for Otani today? No, no, it's not. <laughs> and I say that, as that purely as a reflection of Sam for Otani's. Yes. Then not on. <laughs> I, I, you know, it doesn't seem to have dissipated much on Long Island. When I'm there, I hear it from people all the time. They still they call him a snake. That's the most common phrase. They're not happy about it. So it may take a little time. You know, all John can do is do the right things. He, uh, you know, he, I actually did re. <laughs> I did read one of his quotes today where he talked about, you know, he poured his heart and soul out there for nine years as the captain. Mm-hmm. Meant a lot to him. Mm-hmm. Tremendous honor to be back. Tremendous <laughs> honor. He hasn't had a ton of success. And he's played, in he's played How many ele- games now? He's played 11 games against He has seven points. As a Leaf. Yeah. Seven points in 11 games for him. And he's, I'm just looking at his splits against all these teams. And he's basically just point per, point game. per game against everyone. Yeah. yeah. So it's a pretty big... Like, 11's his smallest sample size, but to look at it like that, that's that tells me something. He's in a yeah. bit of a dry spell yeah. scoring goals, goals, too, is he? Games. Yeah. Two and 15. Mm-hmm. If he, he gets, gets a, a ton of chance. If he gets 1,000, mm-hmm. there should be acknowledgement out of the Islanders, don't you, you think? Oh. <laughs> they have to yeah, acknowledge it, Yes, 100%. Right? Of course. Like, would they have... Tavares left they, as would, a UFA. Would they have a... Uh, like a little, video, a, a little video? A little video? No, I'm just asking. I'm telling you, he didn't force a Sammy, trade. it would be a classy thing to do That's for the mean, Islanders. They will do a video. They'll do like a, they'll put up a, a thing on the Jumbotron being like 1,000 points. I bet you if they did, congratulations, John Tavares, 1,000 points, it would be 50% booze and cheers. No shot. At some point, you have to acknowledge 100 players in NHL history have got 1,000 points. I would be disappointed in the Islanders yeah. if they it's did not. big number. If they did not acknowledge uh, 1,000 points for him. It would be And, a big and I'm not, not saying stop the game and present him with, like, silverware. But one setting of cutlery. Yeah. Well, that's what they used to do. That's what Harold Ballard used to do for Leaf players. Like when Sittler's scored uh, his 10 points or Ian Turnbull scored five goals, they, he'd give him like a, a tea set. <laughs> Go down to the bay and pick one up or what? I'm telling what? you, I'm not making it up. Yeah. It's a different time. Um, I don't know. Did he fly it in from Tiffany's? I have no idea. I got a hunch. No. But it was a silver... Like sterling silver tea set. It's good stuff. What do you want me to say? It's good, you know, better than nice kicking the pants. Sit, if you're watching today, put it on eBay. I'm curious what it would get. Legit, I bet if he put the backstory with that from Ballard, Daryl Sittler's nice tea set, I bet you it's worth money. <laughs> Classic auctions, where are you at? Yeah. Where's my historian Gord Stellick to verify my story right now? <laughs> Probably at the dog park. Probably at the dog park. Uh, but something, Sammy. Yeah. Something. I think, but I mean, I'm trying to think back to would, I guess it's just the history with him there, but if you went to Chicago and he got it, they're not going to put something up, right? A uh, thousand points. I don't know. You're probably right. It is different. There's another layer. I wouldn't he expect was there so it. If they wanted to, and you could say that's a class move by an organization, but this is John in the island. They're, they're not dumb. You know, 
Lou is a pretty classic old school guy. I think he'd do the right thing. I do think they would do something for him. Mm-hmm. We just need John to put it on tonight. We need old Mitchie, Mitchie to be the dish and magician. Yeah, I think, yeah, now that now we've talked about it, I think they might do something. Yeah. Oh, we'll see. But I, uh, I would say that I see both sides of this as a Leaf fan dying for it to happen. Yeah. But, like, as a fan, get why they hate them and get why they're booing them, and I get why they would be upset if they put something up. Like, for example, I don't know. What's a good example here? Let me think of this. If Austin Matthews comes back here with somebody else and he scores, ah, maybe Austin Arizona? Matthews. Yeah, maybe. Comes back and scores his 600th goal in Toronto. Quick to volunteer here in Arizona, yeah. there, wasn't he? <laughs> no, but it would depend on how it ends. I guess there's no real parallel yeah. to draw, but I don't think I would be, like, at the arena being like, yeah, great, thrilled for this. It is a funny question about, like, what your obligation is as a pending UFA to tell your team I'm going to leave or whatever before you know, before you even know. Well, you can't disguise it anymore because everything is documented. So it's like, I love it here. Uh, I hope it works out. And then. Yeah. What's he supposed to say? You can't tell me. I don't know. Listen, you you can't tell me that John didn't know. Real yeah. early in the and, process. And I, it was in the last so second kind of like decision. Show, kind of like show but, but that's you. where I do quibble with it. Like, why Why would we assume he knows before he's gone to these places, talked to the team, seen the offers? You know, like, he can't know exactly what it's going to look like. And so I don't think it's unreasonable to say if the Islanders have the best offer or whatever, he's going to stay in Long Island, on Long Island, once again. So everybody says that the Jays facility is, like, state-of-the-art. No one ever <sighs> comes close, and that's... That that didn't have any bearing. I do believe the show no went there knowing he was not going Nobody's to be Nobody's sitting there going, oh, the training facility's phenomenal. I got a great four weeks there at training camp. Yeah. And I can go there in the offseason. I'm picking Toronto. That's not happening. No. I do believe that's a leverage play. But anyway. <sighs> Sorry. We're we so did close it. to br- going to break on a high. <laughs> Sorry, Sammy. No, it's okay. Do you okay. want to hear about uh, Matthews and Willie's chemistry from, oh, we need, no, oh, we got to cut. We got guests we? coming. Let's hit a break. Oh, yeah, we're going to hit a break, and then when we come back, Thomas Hickey's going to join us, tee us up the return of John Tavares and the chase for 1,000 points. That more on Real Kipper and Bourne. Don't go away. Fresh views on everything in the National Football League. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Toronto Maple Leafs getting ready to go back-to-back in New York. Ooh, Island tonight. New York City tomorrow night. You know, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. Well, you made it there, pal, so look at you go. You know who else is making it there? Thomas Hickey. Yes, he is. Former NHL defenseman, doing a terrific job as one of their analysts for MSG. Let's welcome him in. Thomas, how are you? Hey guys, I'm good. I'm uh, I'm ready for this one tonight, just like you guys are. Yeah, I'm not lying when I say if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere, right? You can back that's, that up. That's for right. Me. You 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 did it in a big city, Kipper, <laughs> in, a, in in Manhattan. But you know, you're right, and I think you just asked the LA Kings. Uh, if we're talking about hockey itself, uh, you know, this is this has been a tough place to play yeah. for teams coming in. You saw the Kings go down to to both the Rangers and the Islanders, but. Uh, yeah, no question about that. So, Thomas, uh, give us a, a bit of background here on on 
what kind of team the Leafs are going to see tonight because my good buddy here, uh, JB, is telling me uh, from an analytics point of view, man, it's not pretty when it comes to the New York Islanders. So who, who are the Leafs going to see tonight? It's a good question, and I think one that uh, you get a you get a different result, a different answer every single time. Look, defensively, the metrics they're they're ugly. Uh, they're they're not good at all. This is a group that's given up uh, the second most high danger chances in the entire National Hockey League, and there's been some some bad teams. But it's also a team that is sort of the sum of its parts. They have a way of getting it done when they do give up a lot. Great goaltending. You're going to see Ilya Sorokin, and he's not a guy that has looked like he has in the past, uh, especially last season with how good he was. Uh, but he, he comes up in big moments. And, and I think this is a group that relies on him an awful lot or Semyon Varlamov when he's playing, um, but they give up a bunch. They found a way of scoring. They, they're about, uh, you know, four to five goals a game over the last six, uh, not not counting the last game against Los Angeles. Uh, their top guys, I think you can expect to be really good tonight. Matt Barzell has been sensational lately. Uh, Bo Horvat, the two of them got a chemistry uh, that's really going. And Ilya Sorokin, like I mentioned, Noah Dobson on defense. Hey, this is a guy that you got to keep your head up for. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't look anything like you saw him in the last couple of years. He's bringing it offensively. He's very good defensively. Uh, but as far as the group you're going to see, they start on time. Uh, one of the best first period teams in the NHL. And they've struggled in the third period because they've led so much and and had a tough time with, with teams really throwing everything They've got at them for usually half of the game as they've held that lead and, and had a tough time holding on to it. But you'd expect them to start on time tonight. You know, uh, you know, I was talking to Kip um, early before we came on the show and just showing him some of those defensive metrics. Like for years, the Isles were like the best defensive team, you know, or at least one of them. They would, they would give you nothing. They couldn't score and they just kind of played 2-1 games. And that doesn't seem to be what this Islanders team Barry is. Barry Trotz. Yeah, there was a lot of, you know, Trotz-related stuff. You know, so now they're without Pelic, they're without Pollock. You know, how, there still seems to be enough veteran guys that they could defend better than they do. You know, what sort of change that they're struggling a little bit to protect their goaltenders, who, as you mentioned, have been very good to kind of protect them and keep them in games? Yeah, it's funny. I, I think if you don't watch the Islanders play, you, you do have that preconceived notion is, okay, well, if you're down two goals or if you're down one, in the third period, it's game over. And right. that just hasn't been the case this year. It's really strange. The biggest part of that, the penalty kill, has really struggled. And when teams have gotten back into games, it's usually on a third period power play. The Islanders haven't been able to close it out. And goaltending uh, is obviously, your goaltender is going to be your best penalty killer. And they haven't been getting those saves uh, in the third period specifically. But a group that really struggled, um, you know, maybe it turns mental after it happens two or three times. And there's been... Uh, I, I think 10 instances where they've given up a third period lead. And a lot of times it starts with a poor penalty. And then all of a sudden it's one goal on that momentum. They just can't find a way. And this is a group that it's happened so many times. It happened against San Jose. It seems like the Sharks are doing it to everyone right now, but gave up uh, three goals in the last eight minutes of the game, ended up losing in overtime. And it, it, we thought, here we go again. This team just can't get over the hump. Uh, a few days later, played against Columbus and had their best third period of the season. And then last night, or sorry, uh, two nights ago against the Los Angeles Kings, they found their game in the third period, ended up scoring two on the Kings and, and beating them in overtime. So maybe they're over that hump, but I look to how much they give up off of the rush. It, it seems like the gaps haven't quite been there, especially with the two guys, Pelik and Pulak out, as you mentioned, just haven't been able to stand. And against a team like the Leafs that has a ton of skill and can make plays crossing the blue line, it's definitely something to keep an eye on tonight. But for me, it all comes down to 
the penalty kill. That, that's been the way they've been letting teams back into the game. We're talking to Thomas Hickey. Does a terrific job covering the New York Islanders for MSG. He's also been a teammate of John Tavares for, what, uh, half a dozen uh, uh, seasons. Uh, first of all, just his return again. It doesn't matter, Thomas. We could be talking about a 100-year deal, and it'll always be a big story for some reason, John Tavares going back to the island. But what do you expect tonight on a guy on the cusp of maybe scoring 1,000 points? It's a storyline. Like I don't think you can draw it up much better. I mean, maybe if he was at nine ninety nine and looking for that one point tonight, that would be that much better. But look, I, I'm a I'm a fan of Johnny, a, a friend and, and former teammate. And uh, you know what? I don't I don't echo that too loud around here because fans are still bitter. It's it's been six years, and mm-hmm. there'll be booze every time number ninety one touches the puck. And maybe it's going to take him in a different jersey someday if that ever happens that he comes back here to get the the ovation that he deserves, but an extremely loyal fan base with an extremely good memory. And he's going to be getting booed tonight. And I know Johnny, how bad he's going to want to get to a thousand uh, every night. You, you know, the way he competes and hunts pucks down and, you know, despite the reception he gets, I know that this is a special place to him. And I, I can't imagine if, if it's not in Toronto, there'd be no other building that he'd love to do it uh, than this one itself. So I, I think the players on the team know that. The fans are going to be aware of it tonight, and and he's probably going to hear about it whenever he touches the puck. Listen, John's a pro. Um, there's no question about it, and s- sometimes the, the good players get booed, but do you think there's a part of him that might be bothered by it this this far along into his Leaf career? I think so. I think if you're human, like, I I, I can't speak for Johnny. If it was, it was me, I, um, you know, I, that first game, that was that was difficult and tough. And look, I, I'm not um, saying anyone did anything wrong. I, I encourage our fans to say whatever they want and express themselves. Their, their loyalty and passion is, is what I love most about them. But you would think Kipper at uh, six years later that maybe there'd be enough time to gather your thoughts and maybe think of someone in a different light. Um, I, he's a pro. He keeps his head down. I, I think for him, it's maybe, showing them that he can win that that's probably the biggest thing that he could do to um maybe maybe calm all the noise um and until then i i I think this is a guy that that has a ton of pride and he's human so it's got to bother him deep down but um as you know you talk to him you listen to him talk it's strictly business all the time and it's just focusing at the game at hand for him but it would bother me and and i can't imagine it not bothering anyone because he did so many good things here as well Hicks, speaking of those Islanders fans, two things. How, uh, how do they feel about this Islanders team? Like, where are they at on things? And how are they feeling about the UBS Arena experience, which uh, I know they just opened the whole outside park and everything. It looks pretty awesome. It's incredible. So what they're doing here, I, I tip our cap to ownership and, and UBS Arena and uh, MSG Networks is part of it. Just setting up uh, an outdoor park where people are going to have access to skating, not just on game nights, but every single day of the week. And we're going to be doing our, our pre and post game shows out there doing a phenomenal job, just bringing hockey to people that don't have it at their fingertips. There's, there's not as many rinks as, as there are obviously in Canada, they're doing a great job. UBS is, is sensational. The fans about the team, um, a frustrated group. Look, it, it's been a difficult year for me in this position to analyze a group that's so inconsistent mm-hmm. uh, so many times. And, and I think what this, uh, the fan base craves is really a consistent team. And you don't get it 
every single night. Even most nights you see two different teams in the same night, just with the way that they play. Um, about a, three weeks ago, uh, everyone was calling for the head of the coach and the head of the GM. And all of a sudden you woke up last week and looked at the standings and this team's in a playoff spot. The Metro division is so bizarre this season. You get teams that are underachieving and you got a couple that are overachieving. You get the New York Islanders that are probably right where you'd expect them to be, but things look good. So I think this fan base, um, as frustrated as they are, you wake up and reality strikes that you're very much right on track to make the playoffs. So, um, you know, it's a group that, uh, the fans that, that have a ton of passion. And, and I think that they realize the window for this hockey team, the way the roster is constructed and built is this team needs to win now. Cause if wow. it can't, um, you might have some grim years. So I think that that's what they see and that's why they re- want the results. And I can't blame them for that at all. Wow. Thomas, when you, when I hear you say that this is a team that kind of needs to win now, and I look at the lineup and you mentioned it earlier, the chemistry with uh, Horvat and Barzell's good now, but Bo Horvat, I, I love a lot of part of his game, but I don't consider him a true superstar right now. And as far as Barzell is concerned, he seems to me like we should be talking about him in that one of the most talented players and dynamic skaters, but it's just like you keep waiting year after year for him to kind of go into that next threshold of stars. And it just hasn't happened. I know maybe this year he's on a career path to points, maybe close to 90, but is he ready now to be that guy? He is, he is ready now. And and I agree with you, Kipper for the longest time. And, uh, his rookie season, he was a point of game player, and you just assumed that that would be the bar that was set and it wouldn't go lower. And perhaps he's a hundred point player. Um, the reality is he hasn't had guys to play with like he does now. And, and with Bo Horvat, do I think he's a superstar? I don't. Um, but when you team him up with Matt Barzell, not only are you getting a better player in Barzell, you're getting a lot less heavy lifting for Matt Barzell because Bo Horvat's a centerman. Matt Barzell moved to wing. And that move has paid off. And perhaps that's what it takes to get him in the conversation of not only one of the most skilled players, but one of the better players in the NHL. And I do work for NHL Network. Uh, over the summer, it's it's compiling a list of the top 100 players. And he's not on anyone's list. And people ask me, who should be on there? Um, I said, well, with his, with his skill, with his talent, with his hockey sense and competitive nature, he should be on there. And this year, you're finally seeing it. He looks as good as I've ever seen him, especially I, I think he's got 12 points over the last five games. Um, the way he controls the puck, you just assume that good things are going to happen when he's on the ice, but hasn't really had the supporting cast. And now with Horvat, um, it, it looks like the, that chemistry that those two guys have could propel them both to be point-per-game players. I think that's the bare minimum, in my opinion, of what Matt Barzell should be, but sniff around that 90, 100 points and being the guy that you circle on the board every single time you play the New York Islanders, they don't let him touch the puck because in the past he can control it as long as anyone, but things don't really come to fruition. It didn't result in goals and assists, but it looks like that's changing now. And he looks to be uh, one of the more elite players that you see every single night. Hey, we happen to have you in our leaf sour here. So I got to ask, how's Engvall? How's the Engvall experience on Long Island? <laughs> You, you know, it's funny. Everyone, uh, everyone's asked me that uh, from Toronto, going back to last year. And look, the first thing I'll say is I understand the frustration you can have in a player like that because he's six foot five, he skates like the wind, and he's not a physical player. And if you get that out of your head that you don't expect him to be physical yep. and try seeing him in a different light, 
um, I, I think you see a guy that's really effective. And, and the thing that stands out about him on this roster compared to the Leafs is the Islanders aren't a fast team. And he's a guy that has a motor and he can skate himself out of trouble. Um, and he's found a chemistry with Kyle Palmieri and Brock Nelson that they were sort of the de facto line one last year and produced a, a pretty good clip. I mean, I don't know if uh, Pierre's going to be a 60, 70 point player, but uh, where he's slotted in right now and what's required to him, he, he brings an element that the Islanders didn't have. And I think he's more valuable here than he would be in other places. Uh, he, he was a healthy scratch at one point earlier on in the year after um, a bad turnover. And, and since then, he's been more productive. He's been a better player. Um, but I, I do understand from a fan's perspective, from an analyst's perspective, you want more physically out of the guy with, with his physicality. Uh, but, but his speed is something that really really benefits this group. Hey, Thomas, really appreciate your time. I know it's busy for you. Have a great call tonight. We look forward to the game. You got it, guys. Good talking to you. Thanks. Appreciate it. Former National Hockey League defenseman for the New York Islanders, Thomas Hickey. You know, Engvall, if he ran into people, is like a $6 okay. or $7 million I, dollar guy. I, I'm going to tell you. I love that. It's just it's the I'm, same thing we've always said. Listen, yeah. I don't know if this is going to surprise you or not. There are times this year you I've, missed, I've missed Engvall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, hey, yeah, you can the third line's I don't, not better. Uh, I'm not claiming instead of Robertson or whatever. I'm not claiming Engvall. Not a cosign. No cosign. I'm not what claiming. I will say is the first game he played, he was very good, very noticeable, <laughs> and then for the second and the third game, he disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> was that Butch? Butch, <laughs> Butch Goring earlier this year or no, last, last year? Last year. Yeah. <laughs> I will oh, say this: when it comes to the Engvalls and the Kerfoots. I'm not sure how far they can help me win a Stanley Cup but for four rounds. They were pros. But they were pros, but especially Engvall, is that there are times when earlier this year where he could have really helped. And if you would have taken Nick Robertson out and put Engvall in. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right? You it's know, a big difference. Yeah. Like, for we're, sure. we're talking about times when there's just heavy lifting. Did he score 21 year? Like, he I can, mean, he's, he's a big guy who can skate. And Thomas just mentioned it. There's things that he can do, like skate a puck out. And I was laughing, though, as right? he said that. He's like, he can skate the puck into trouble. And in my head, I was like, and back into trouble. <laughs> and then turn around. <laughs> yeah, yes. Then skate through it again. Yeah. yeah. He is. He, he's the ultimate frustrating player. Because if you had a like a skills contest with Engvall, he might win every event. He might be yeah. the fastest guy. He might have the hardest shot. He might do the most pull-ups. He might do it all. I'll tell you another guy besides awesome. Engvall out there, not to completely derail this, but... Uh-oh. No, Kerfoot. No. Flex foot. Oh what's what's our boy Flex? Take doing? a look at what Flexiel. he's been doing in Arizona. Oh it, doing it's, stuff. I have no idea. It's noticeable. Again... Arizona's do I want to do I want to Those... battle four rounds with Kerfoot being buddy OT winner for the Leafs you can't slag him Those two, I'm telling Those you two goals, he's been I'm good I, I got to tip my hat How to Kerfoot you? couldn't give you a one thought I listen I watched no I've, I've watched I, I've watched enough to see him go up uh, on the power play. He's got, what does he have? 14 not, points? 15. Listen, Mid. 15. Let's, let's talk about He's on pace for his usual 50 points. Let's talk about the Jays instead on Otani. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I'm just throwing it out there. Okay. Um, he kind of caught me off guard, Thomas, a little bit with the, they have to win now. I, I look at this lineup and I'm going, like, where do you get, you have to win now with well, this lineup? 
you got all the old guys, Kyle Palmieri, JG Pajot. You know they have committed to you know Sezikas, Clutterbuck, Martin. Not they're all the players. same. They're, they're all, all interact between the second line and the fourth Brock line. Nelson, Anders Lee are what twenty nine, and you know they're not young players. Mid, they're really ah, they're, they're better than mid. But are they better than mid? Not the Islanders. The Islanders mid as hell. But those players I just named, Lee and, and Nelson, are yeah. better than mid. But their decor, they've been without Pellich, yeah. who they need. He plays a ton. He's been out for, he's on long-term IR. Uh, Pollock just went out. You know, they just traded, by the way, quietly, a seventh rounder yeah. for Robert Bortuzzo. Six foot four, 217-pound right shot defenseman. You're getting a lot of why didn't the Leafs trade for Bortuzzo? Bartuzzo? Well, that broke during our time capsule. And there was other things, other fish to fry. And I looked at that even during that time. I was like, couldn't, couldn't have done a sixth. Right? <laughs> he couldn't have beat that seventh. Yeah. The only question is, know, if, if some guys are starting to get healthy here, and Lilligren's probably day to day now. Yeah. So <laughs> they got to go get a bigger fish. Yes. They got to focus on a bigger fish, Sammy. That's These fair. little minnows. He's not little. No, I'm just minnows <laughs> is uh, five, six, or seven yeah. depth guy. Uh, Benoit and our buddy Raj LeJoie. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. I mean, what did he play on Saturday? It couldn't have been any more than 14, 15. What, what coach's line was that? Yeah, what did he have? Zero? Oh, it was Daryl Sutter yeah. talking about the Pelche oh, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, what did he have? Zero points? Oh, yeah, anyway. rude. Well, no, yeah, what numbers he wear? Oh, yeah, rude. So rude. Sorry. All right, we got to go. All right, thanks to Thomas Hickey who just joined us, helping us tee up the Islanders and the Leafs tonight. Next hour, we're going to welcome in P.J. Stock, former NHL, or Habs, Bruins, Flyers, Rangers. We're going to get into a ton of it. Don't go away. More Real Kipper and Bourne after these words.